Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. It is the Monday following Selection Sunday for today. We cease being a college football show and become a college basketball show because just like you, as you walk into your, well, you're not walking into your office, as you have your Zoom meeting to discuss how the bracket challenge at your workplace is going to go, we are going to pretend we know what the hell we're talking about with the NCAA basketball tournament, just like you are, because that's that's the secret. I know you didn't really watch much college basketball this year. I know you might have started watching a little after college football, ended, but probably not much. I've watched a little bit of college basketball. My co-host Ari Wasserman watched his first college basketball game of the season yesterday. He knows exactly one player. Ari, what did you think of Oklahoma State and Texas? Uh, Texas was a really good basketball team. That uh, center that they have as a freshman is pretty good. I might I might pick them to go pretty far. But you don't know uh, his name, I, right? I forgot it. Seth something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is a, a nice... Uh, I watched the whole game, too, and I already forgot his name. And it's like, if you're going to put me on the spot and this is going to be a theme, I'm going to fail miserably. So, But um, you, you do I know Cade Cunningham, the, the point guard yeah, from Oklahoma State. Yeah, that kid's a stud. He yeah. will be the yeah. number one pick in the NBA draft. So we, we know him. And before we got on the show, Ari was already trying to spin it back to what we know. Because it, it, on Sunday, as soon as the bracket came out, our, our friends at, uh, at the Reddit College Football subreddit immediately pointed out that, oh, by the way, Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, and Ohio State are in the bracket. That could be your final four, just not in the sport that starts a tournament this week. Yeah, I mean, is there a two four seven composite talent rankings for basketball? Uh, yes. Does it work the same way? Yeah, I want. Yes. I would like to prepare the. I would like to uh, compare the seating of the NCAA tournament to the bracket. Uh, the the bracket to the two four seven composite team rankings. But I'm looking at this actual bracket here, and one the the joke that I keep reading on Twitter um, is that Ohio State's going to lose to Alabama again <laughs> in the national championship game because I guess both teams have really good basketball teams and. That'll be what happened to Ohio State in 2007. Florida beat them in both. Yep. Uh, so it looks like they're on opposite sides of the bracket. That could happen. But I'm looking at what, this right now, Andy. And what, it's just one like, of, how one of awesome. my favorite, by the way, leading up to that game during that final four, one of my favorite quotes ever from Greg Oden, Ohio State basketball player who wound up being the, the number one pick in the draft the following year over Kevin Durant. Uh, if you don't remember Greg Oden, he's a guy who kind of washed out of the NBA because his knees just gave out. He was He's a seven-footer, very good player, but just did not, probably physically was not capable of, of being a star player in the NBA. Not necessarily because of a skill set issue, but because of injuries and, and everything else. But Greg Oden looked older than he was, considerably older than he was. And so during one of the press conferences, somebody asked Greg Oden what his favorite question he got asked all season was. And this is a college freshman who looked like he was 40 years old. And he goes, 
the best thing was that somebody yelled out at him at a game. What was World War II like? <laughs> I know, too, that he always used to joke about everybody needed him to go buy beer for them. hundred oh, um, percent. Which I think is hilarious. Um, but I was looking at this bracket, Andy, and I was just thinking, how awesome would it be if this bracket was the football bracket? And, you know, there would be some blowouts. You know, I'll give you that. But we're looking at some second round matchups here. In this case, we'd have TC, uh, BYU in Texas in the second round, potentially. You yep. get Tennessee and Oklahoma State, uh, you know, Clemson, Houston. I don't know. This, Mich- this seems to be Michigan, some pretty interesting. Michigan, LSU in, in round two. Yeah. Oklahoma, Missouri, round one. Uh, I mean, I, Oregon, Iowa. <laughs> I don't know. I would watch these games if they were football. Uh, I'm going to watch them because they're basketball <laughs> too. But UConn, just, Alabama, <laughs> you want that yeah. one? That's a potential round. Well, two Alabama, <laughs> Alabama is rewarded for being one of the best teams in the sport, so they get an easier path. But in 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 two rounds, they'd be playing potentially Texas, who I think is perpetually back. We got Colorado, Florida State, second round matchups, Michigan, LSU. Come on, sign me up. This should can, be the can, football one. Can we get UC Santa Barbara? A football team, the Gauchos, the Jim Rome University. We, we got to get them a football team because uh, this this is definitely if if I'm going my my mascot pool, which is often how I fill it out. Because even the years where I did cover college basketball a lot, I, I realized there was going to be some randomness that went on during the tournament, and and you just have to plan for that. And you know, this year there's going to be a ton of randomness, but the the Gauchos are kind of the trendy. 12-5 team. They're playing Creighton. Creighton's, you know, had some issues over the last, you know, down the stretch. Uh, so they're the trendy 12-5 upset pick. Well, if we're going mascots, a, a gaucho is a you know a Latin American cowboy, essentially a you know skilled horseman. But do you know what else gets called a gaucho, Ari? What? Oh, you should know this. Tell me. I don't. When's the last time you went to an Argentinian steakhouse? I haven't. What? Hold on. I don't on. know that I've ever had. Wait, what? I don't even know what that is. What? You of it, wait, all like, people are. Forget the basketball. We, cancel the basketball talk. <laughs> We're done here. What? Wait. What is Argentinian? Never, is that like a Fogo de Chao type Or a Brazilian thing? steakhouse. Argentinian, Brazilian. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I've been to a Brazilian okay. steakhouse. Okay, I was yeah. confused by the phrasing. Kinda, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But but similar concepts where there are gentlemen that walk around with meat on swords or skewers. Yes, yes, I've been to that. If, Sorry. If the, if the light is green, you may get more meat. And they call those guys gauchos. Therefore, so they're, they're your final four pick. <laughs> that is my favorite team in whole tournament. That's the one yeah. I'm planning to go all the way. Yeah, if we're going mascots here, I usually try to let the numbers next to the teams uh, guide me. But the best way to get out of the first round is just go look at the spreads. And I mean, if it's a two or or, that's all I do whenever I fill them out. And I actually a few years ago, knowing nothing about college basketball, got to the, the sweet 16 with, I think, 14 of the 16 teams just based solely on first round spreads. Well, and and that is something that's interesting this year as well. I, I covered a game a while back, I think it was the 2009 tournament, and it was an, it was the Arizona team that had uh, Chase Buttinger, and they were 
or no, I'm sorry. It, it was a, it was the James Harden Arizona state team. They were, I want to say a 12 playing against a five in the first round, but they were heavily favored. And I learned after that game, cause they, they won the game easily. I learned after that game, check the spread, you know, don't check the spread against the seed because if the spread and the seed don't match, go with the spread. But right now, here's the thing about this tournament. There is only one matchup where the seed and the spread don't agree. Rutgers Clemson. Rutgers is a 10. Clemson is a seven. Rutgers is a one point favorite. Yeah. Rutgers is actually a pretty solid team from what I understand. Um, you know, I feel like if you're like a 12-5 and the 12 is only like a two-point underdog, then that's like your 12-5 upset. Um, and just let the spreads guide you. And sometimes the spreads are wrong. But, uh, you know, I don't know. If you're getting 26 and a half, I, I, in this sport, I would take 26 and a half in the 16 ones. Uh, but, you know, it's crazy if we want to stick to like a, maybe a little bit of a football. It's like Kansas, Kentucky, Duke, North Carolina, and one other traditional powerhouse suck this year, right? So right. it's funny because we meet, we make all these jokes about Alabama and Ohio State playing for it again or Michigan and, you know, the, the football. Yeah, this oh, is the actually, opposite of that. It's like the football teams that are more football-oriented, and maybe Michigan's a bad example because Michigan's basketball program is like legit. Oh, yeah, they've been really good but for a while. People always make jokes about how Michigan's a basketball school now, and maybe it is, but... um the teams that have really good teams, like the Alabamas, the Ohio States, the Michigans, uh, actually have a chance to win it all this year. And, you know, my friend uh, has been telling me to bet Illinois 10 to 1 to win <laughs> the national championship all week. And that was before Illinois won the Big Ten tournament. So, well, you know, me, they let seem. Me, let me fact check myself and then we'll talk about Illinois a little bit. So uh, it was actually a, a 6 11 game that that Arizona State team won, but they were playing Temple. Temple was an 11. Arizona State was like a five and a half point favorite. And ended up cruising to a 66-57 win in Miami in 2009. So that, I just remember I made a flow ride a joke in the column I wrote off that game. It did not age well. Uh, but the Illinois thing's interesting because you know last year when I went to Phoenix to write, we the idea was I was going to find several stories while I was out there, mostly football. I mean, football related was the the goal, and ended up writing the that Valley of the Quarterback story where. It was about how Phoenix was producing tons of great quarterbacks. None of them were going to Arizona State or Arizona. Uh, got some really great stuff on Brock Purdy that wound up being a, a Brock Purdy feature. Uh, and then the last day I was there, I was lo- looking for something else. I was hoping I could just get something else. And I saw some some guys who I know who cover college basketball chirping on Twitter about how they wish they could go to the Grand Canyon game that night. And for those who don't know, Grand Canyon University is a, is a university in Phoenix. Uh, it is. It may have changed by now because they've been trying to get it changed. But at the time, it was a for-profit school. And when it when it joined Division One, the idea of it being a for-profit school was was no bueno. But they have managed to create the best college basketball atmosphere, maybe in the country. Now, maybe Duke's better. Uh, maybe. Kansas is better, maybe places where they've been doing it for decades. But this place sort of from from the ground up created this unbelievable atmosphere of the game. It is one of the most fun college basketball games I've ever been to. Randomly enough, that night they were playing Illinois. And so I'm doing a story on the atmosphere and how they 
created this this setting in college basketball. But you can't take your eyes off this dude from Illinois because this is this is Kofi Coburn's second game for the Illini at this point. And he, he scores 23 and grabs 14. You're like, oh, my God, this is seven foot tall, 290 pound dude who is unstoppable. There's no way this guy's going to be in college more than one year. But then, then you think about it. And you're like, hmm, this type of player isn't as fashionable in the NBA anymore. You know, they, they don't necessarily want a, if you're a seven footer, you better have, you, you got to have some handle. You got to have a little bit of outside range. Uh, they don't necessarily want that dude who just clogs the middle unless he is a great rim protector, unless he's just blocking shots like crazy. But Kofi Coburn's like a, a kind of a throwback college basketball big man. I mean, he's not a total back to the basket post-up guy, but I was like, man, you get him in the NCAA tournament, some of these teams they're going to play have no answer for that. None. And he's gotten better. Like this year, he sort of unlocked his potential. Yeah, yeah. I uh, saw the end of the Ohio State-Illinois uh, game uh, Sunday. Because you couldn't help but it. see it because the selection show was supposed to be on. Yeah, well, I mean, I uh, I'm, I'm tr- I was trying to educate myself uh, going into this podcast, and I failed miserably. Uh, and I, I don't That's know if basketball has just changed or not, but those rim-protecting big men – uh, and earlier on in my career, I covered Ohio State basketball uh, and, you know, I covered the guys like Jared Sullinger who just own the paint. And I just when you watch the NBA, it's such a finesse game now. It's not it's like I, I sometimes wonder, like if Shaquille O'Neal was 17 right now, like what his place in the sport would be. It's like, was he just so great that no matter what era he played in, he would just have to be at hall of famer or would he just like be out of place right now? I think, I think he'd go to whatever the basketball version of Wisconsin football is, which might be Wisconsin basketball, to be honest, isn't it Wisconsin Uh, basketball? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And, and he'd be like the traditional back to the basket guy. And there'd be no one on earth who could defend him. No one. (laughs) We'll be right back after these words. Uh, In football, it's so talent oriented. All I ever scream about on this podcast is talent, talent, talent. And I feel like in basketball, teams that mature and play together and have senior players are better at basketball, whereas seniors who make it to senior year in football just means their career probably didn't go well if they're at a football factory. Right. So, like, the dynamic of how many lottery picks do you need on your team to go to the national championship in the tournament? And it's sometimes it's just – I used to think it was two, and for a while there it was like – all the teams that are most talented, the Dukes, the North Carolinas, that's the other team that sucks this year. Um, well, North Carolina, I, North Carolina's an eight, I guess. I mean, they, they were significantly better than Duke the last time they played. When I when I said sucks, I just mean as it pertains to what we're accustomed yeah. to seeing. Yeah. And like I always used to just pick those teams because they were so – when you watch college basketball, I think sometimes it's a really hard sport to watch. But when you watch the teams that have lottery picks on them, it's a really fun sport to watch. And they're always the teams that – even when they're turning the ball over like crazy or having a bad game, it's the guy that's going to be the number three overall pick in the draft that helps that team win by doing crazy stuff all the time. And it's like, I think talent is the prevailing key here too. But since basketball is such a different game, I don't know how obsessive you have to be over recruiting rankings in order to win um, a national championship in college basketball. It's like, let, let, let me give you a team to watch if you just want fun. I'll, I'll give you that. Arkansas. Eric Musselman. Now, he's all about analytics, but 
what that results in on the court is fun. Now, when he was at Nevada, it was more of a, you know, you're getting the guys you can get. Both places, he's he's done a lot with transfers. But that Nevada team that, that he got to the Sweet 16, that got beat by Loyola Chicago a few years ago, that team was like, they played like five wings. They have five dudes that were between 6'5 and 6'7, and they played a really fun brand of basketball. He still plays that at Arkansas, but he's got a little more conventional-looking lineup. Arkansas lost to Bama by 31 this year, so I guess that rings true to uh, the way. <laughs> I mean, these can't. are all very familiar things. This is all supposed uh, to happen. Yes. <laughs> yeah, um, but then didn't lose another SEC game for the rest of the season. Uh, and Until they lost to LSU in the, yeah. in the conference tournament, yeah. Yeah, right, right. But, I mean, there's nothing like getting your butt kicked by Alabama to help you realize what you are, you know? Uh, well, there's I, so I, many parallels about, to football this, this year. One, it's Ari, if, if we're going to really go the football route. Now, <laughs> this is not about LSU football. This is about LSU basketball. We all know that that Will Wade, the, the coach at LSU, is a controversial figure that that allegedly, allegedly, he was caught on tape uh, by the FBI uh, making quote a uh, a strong ass offer to the I believe the handler for for Javante Smart who's uh, still playing at LSU by the way, um, and but we know that the Michigan fans tend to think that no one at their school does anything wrong. Now there was the matter of them having Final Four banners taken down with the Fab Five. And now they've got the Fab Five back in good graces. You know how I feel about this. I, I don't have a problem with anybody paying anyone for being good at sports. So I, I have no moral outrage in either direction here. But given what we've seen from the Michigan fans throughout the years in football, if they have to play Will Wade in basketball, how, how aggrieved will they be? Yeah, I, I've learned a lot about uh, the tournament just by seeing Twitter reaction and the second round potential matchup between LSU and Michigan was one of the things that everybody was talking about. And um, LSU is like a really tough team this year too. And taking the, the cheating, not cheating. I, I don't know. Uh, from what I understand from a uh, rudimentary level, that basketball is just a dirty sport and I don't know, <laughs> hopefully NIL will just fix it. But you know, I went to Arizona and Every they, single they weren't day, involved I, in any of this sort of. Oh wait, yes, they were in the thing. Yeah, I don't. I again, I'm talking out of turn because I don't know, but I follow a lot of people in the Tucson media because they're people that I, you know, did internships with and you know had been around when I was in college. And every week, I see a story about uh, Sean Miller's involvement in this court case or this FBI probe or this recorded phone call, and it's been going on for three years now. And I know they're not in the tournament because they self-imposed a ban, but it's just like, did he do it? I feel like in football, the matter the matters are really swiftly. I saw Jim Trestle get fired no, or resign. Well, for yes, that, that was a little I, bit. Different. I mean, back in the day, like they they caught him lying know. to the NCAA. If no, they I caught, know, but I'm just if saying, if they caught Will Wade or Bill Self or Sean Miller lying to the NCAA, they could just slap him with something now, and that would be that. No, I guess like skirting around the FBI is a way less serious than lying to the NCAA. But you know, I just, <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I think it just, you know, they, it's they just were going to they were gonna have him testify at trial, and then and suddenly they didn't. And, and I mean, but when did the Arizona stuff break? 2017. The Arizona stuff broke like four years ago. It's well, the, like, and the, we're still talking about it. The FBI stuff broke in September of 2017, and then and it's like still a thing in 2021, and Sean Miller's still the coach. 
Yeah. Yeah. And they're going to keep him the coach because with no they, final fours, they self-imposed the ban. Right. If they fire Sean Miller, it's going to, it will be because they don't think he's good enough. It they're just seems fire like a lot because of trouble. They, this other stuff. It seems like a lot of trouble to go through for a coach who's never been to the final four. <laughs> Your mouth, the God's ears, Ari. So. I, I don't know. I mean, again, I don't know anything about basketball. I'm just saying like, it just, and I don't know if it's been the pandemic or what's going on. Um, just like with the cheating, but like college basketball in general, just, uh, seems to have lost some appeal to a lot of people. And I don't know what that is yet. Um, I, I see, I and, feel like we know, get this, we get this every year and this year's especially weird because the season was especially weird. It was not a normal regular season, uh, you know, there were teams that had like Baylor had to pause in the in the middle of conference play. And it just everything was weird about this season. But we get we have this discussion every season. Here's the deal. College basketball as a regular season sport is never going to be as popular as college football as a regular season sport. Not because college basketball has a big tournament at the end of the year and college football has a little tournament at the end of the year. College football is more popular as a regular season sport because football is more popular than basketball. Period. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I think part of the reason why regular season basketball games aren't interesting is because the loser doesn't matter if your team is even five games over 500. And like in football, the winners and losers of every game matter. And I get there's more basketball games and there's more potential to make the tournament as a result of, you know, winning 20 games and losing nine or whatever the records are. But I saw like when Ohio state lost to Michigan uh, in basketball uh, three weeks ago, everybody was like, Oh, well, great game. I can't wait to see it again. And it's just like, if that happened in football, the world would be on fire. And I feel like it makes for the most entertaining postseason. But A, the best team in the sport, I think, is rarely crowned the champion, which I, I think you can make an argument for why it just doesn't seem right. It's just like about matchups and which team has the best route. And, you know, I just like there's teams that that are better or have earned better spots in the season who, for whatever reason, get tougher paths to the final four than other teams. And if your team has a struggle with covering a center and you are unfortunate because the 11th seed that you have to Styles face in the sweet 16 fights. has a yeah happens to have a center that you don't match up well with. It doesn't mean that you're not the best team. It just means that you had bad luck in your draw. So like, I think there's a lot of, of, of excitement in the tournament because as you know, everybody wants to see Georgetown beat Colorado or, or Liberty to beat Oklahoma state. And everybody likes talking about the, the upsets and the buzzer beaters and all that stuff. And I love it. It's fun. Everybody watches it, but the regular season games don't matter. And the postseason doesn't crown the best team. And I think those are two major problems for popularity. So speaking of the best team, the number one overall seed is Gonzaga. Gonzaga is undefeated. If Gonzaga were to win the tournament, you got to win six games to win the tournament. Gonzaga would be 32 and zero, which is the record that Indiana had in 1976, which is the last time a team went undefeated and won the national title. You know what else was interesting about that 1976 tournament? It was also the last NCAA tournament without Kentucky or Duke. So there you go. Could this be the next undefeated team? And I know that's a completely random stat, but Gonzaga is one of those, you know, you talked about the styles make fights thing. Gonzaga has... So much talent now, 
And Mark Few's done such a great job, it, whether it's recruiting them out of high school, getting transfers, recruiting them from other countries. He is he is great at building a roster. And they are just, they got everything. I watched the BYU game in the West Coast Conference final the other night. And BYU's up big toward the end of the first half. And you're like, okay, this is it. And then I saw what BYU was shooting. I saw that BYU was like 67% from three-point range in the first half. And I'm like, nope, no chance. Gonzaga's going to win this game. Because you can't, you can't beat a team where you have to make two out of every three three-pointers. You just can't do that. So maybe this is the year. And I saw... Um, it was, I believe, plus 325 on, on I have to call up my, my BetMGM app, but I believe it was plus 325 if you want to bet on Gonzaga to go undefeated and win the national title. Yeah, I, I've been seeing a lot of stuff about how Gonzaga would be the best team in college football, or I mean college basketball history if they won. And I think that that makes sense because of what you just said. That's crazy to go undefeated, especially in a year like this. Um, but I also feel like the luster of plus, the potential plus two fifty, plus two fifty. I stand corrected. Yeah, I mean, I guess those are good odds, and they got a good draw. And it's, I just feel like the luster of their path to the Final Four this year is just taken away because they don't have to beat Duke, they don't have to beat Kansas or or North Carolina or. Who else am I? Well, they might have to beat North Carolina. I mean, North Carolina is in the tournament. No, I know, but I just mean like the North Carolina of every other year where they're good. Right. You know, North Carolina that comes in as a two seed. Yes, I got it. Yeah, right, right. Like the the teams that are super talented, the, the, the big five of college basketball. And it's just, I don't know. They probably are going to do it this year because from what I understand, there's nobody really like outside of Gonzaga. Is there another team that is considered to be a world beater or they're just a bunch of really, really good teams. How many great teams are there in college basketball this year? Baylor is considered the next best team. So Baylor, well, they were, they may not be now that that could be Michigan. That could be Illinois, but you have, you have this weird stuff where Michigan state is a first four team. Michigan has to, Michigan state has to play UCLA to get in, get into the field of 64. And Michigan State has beaten number one seeds this season. They've already beaten number one seeds. So that's the that's the the randomness of this tournament. And the the other thing about this tournament, this one in particular, that's fascinating to me. And I don't know if this is going to have any effect because we we will not know if this is going to matter until Tuesday. And then after Tuesday, it, it's over and it doesn't matter anymore. But there are four teams that were the first four out who stand ready to replace teams that may not be able to make it because of COVID issues. Now, uh, Virginia, we've seen, they pulled out of the ACC tournament. Tony Bennett was quoted on Sunday night as saying that they should be able to travel Friday. Their game's going to be Saturday. So we'll find out, you know, by Tuesday, are they going to be a go? The one, though, because so the first four out, it's Louisville, Colorado State, St. Louis, and Ole Miss. And Ole Miss, you know, get a guy named Kermit into the tournament. Their coach's name is Kermit. I don't know if you knew that. Like, I didn't know. It is it is Kermit, not the frog, but his his first name is Kermit. Um, but Louisville, as the first team out, this the potential for spite. First of all, Louisville's pissed because they believe they should have been in, and they could make a pretty good case for this. But what if Alabama? has an issue 
And we don't want that to happen. We want that team to play because that team's been awesome this year. Nate Oates has done a fantastic job. We want to see Alabama. But what if they had an issue and suddenly it's Louisville-Iona in the first round? Louisville against Rick Patino. Yeah, I saw a tweet earlier from uh, Dan Wetzel, and I'm trying to find it. Uh, selection committee is chaired by Kentucky AD. Louisville is the first team out. Rick Patino is in. I'm sure this is going to go over well with Louisville fans. It's, it's <laughs> a, it, it will fill talk radio for a good solid week. That is for sure. But but no, I mean, look, Mitch Barnhart, his team didn't even get in. So I don't know where why that matters as much. But and also, you know, it's not like Kentucky and Rick Patino ended on the greatest terms either. So I don't think that's necessarily an issue. But oh my God, if Louisville got dumped into that spot to play Rick Patino's team it would be just amazing. We'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. Well, what's the threshold? Like what happens where you where you're deemed not you to be need able to play? Five to play. And no coach I heard on that broadcast that I watched. Right. Right. You can you play need, without you need a coach. Five, five to play, no coach. But you got to be able to, on Tuesday, certify that you can get your team there and, and be ready to go. I want to see five-on-five five tournaments with no coaches. That's what I want to watch. <laughs> Let's do it. Call your own play. <laughs> Call your own fouls, too, while you're at it. Just shirts yeah. and skins. <laughs> like how many, how many players in college basketball would die to play 40 minutes of ball without their coach subbing a minute out of the can game? Can you see <laughs> that? Hello, friends. This is Jim Nance. Uh, Alabama's the shirts, and Iona's going to be the skins today. <laughs> I really, I really, really hope that not just because of the sake of safety, you know, we obviously always hope that people will stay safe and healthy, but I hope that teams that are really good or had really good years, nothing happens to those teams. Cause it's like, I, a right. lot of my, I have a really good friend who's a Dayton basketball freak, loves Dayton basketball more than anything. Oh, and it's like Dayton last year had the best team in the program history. And they would have been a one seed. And then we get to go to the, it's just like, can you imagine? It's just like, what's the point of being a sports fan sometimes? It's like you 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 spend all year getting excited about your team and then the world ends and then it's just like your team. So I just hope that the the players and the fans and the people who like really care about this don't get screwed out of the ability to watch their team compete. And it's just like, I know Duke, didn't Duke check themselves out of the ACC tournament because yes. a walk-on yeah. got it? Yeah. They so got it's it. like it's the threshold... Positive. The threshold seems pretty low, and of course, you're talking about basketball rosters that have what 15 guys. How yeah, many you, scholarships you, do basketball contact, teams have? 13, 13 or 15? 13. 13. If you go, if you go so, contact tracing, you you may knock out an entire starting lineup. Right, right. And if that's still what's going on, and I don't know now that we're in 2021 and there's a vaccine, and I don't know what if the thresholds have changed since we were talking about this stuff heading into the football season. But you are like one weird event away from your entire roster being knocked out well and that's that's what i would argue that getting through this basketball season was probably harder as weird as it sounds than getting through the football season because of that if you had one person get it you may be out of commission for for a week or so or two weeks has basketball i don't know if it's because of covid fatigue or if it is advancements in how the protocols are taken or whether the, just the numbers are down and hopefully we're inching towards normalcy. But 
I feel like I have seen far less COVID-related cancellation news in basketball than I did during the football season. And granted, that was back in Because it in wasn't October. as big of a deal because they were regular season basketball games as opposed to regular season football games. That That's all it was. Baylor but were was a million of, of them canceled this year? Baylor was out of commission for two weeks. In the, yeah. They're the number, they were the number one team and they were number two. I, depending on, I can't remember if they were number one or number two, but one of the top two teams in the country and they just had to shut it down. And there was a period of about a week or so where you're just like, when can they come back? And they're like, we don't know. And yeah. it was just crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. And it's like they play so many games so fast and travel so much that the spread of it is way more likely in basketball than you would think it would be in football, even though there's more players in football because they're playing multiple games a week. So, you know, I don't know if like they're all going to be testing and making sure that they're all certified and and negative tests going into Wednesday before the tournament starts on Friday, which is also weird. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the days have changed. So hopefully you didn't, you didn't schedule your your vasectomy for uh for Wednesday thinking you'd have games on Thursday. So, uh, and there's some next Netflix shows I could recommend. I mean, maybe, maybe it's time to watch the Queens gambit at that point, but, uh, yeah, that show was overrated. Don't you think? No, I thought it was fantastic. It made me very interested in chess, which is something I'm not normally interested in. It's funny. It did make me interested in chess. Cause I play chess on my cell phone now. Cause I used to love playing it when I was in high school, but I thought the show overall was very boring. <sighs> you're wrong. Like I watched the whole thing like, in like, like two days. Like and so I, many things bad. you're wrong. <laughs> no, I, you know, I, you see on, on Twitter all the time, Ari needs to put bad takes on his business card. I just thought that the show was mildly entertaining. Like I watched it, but I wasn't like at the edge of my seat waiting to see what happened next for some reason. I mean, was it Bridgerton? No, but what is, I don't know what that is. Oh, well your girlfriend does. and I've watched every television. I've watched every television series. There is demand. Like I've, I've watched all of Netflix. You, you and your girlfriend uh, so need must to be, sit down and watch Bridgerton. You you will get sucked in. I guarantee you. Is it like um? It's like a a, a love story or, a or something from drama. like medieval times or period something. Period drama, but not like a Jane Austen novel. It is not people okay. just going over to each other's houses. It is. I mean, people do go over to each other's houses, but lots of weird stuff happens. So okay, I mean, I'm gonna I'll suggest to her because we are looking for a new show. We've watched literally everything. We've even watched the British ones that are really good. Well, uh, I just this, watched one called Doctor Foster. Quite that was British. About, uh, so, oh, it is Brit. Uh, it's British yeah. too. Yeah. So let me just—it's it, beautiful, huge castles and beautiful girls wearing uh, detailed outfits, riding on horses back and forth between royalty, and then there's affairs. And am I getting it right? Just based on what I see you from are the right. thumbnail, there's a scandal. <laughs> yeah, there's a scandal sheet. Uh, the, the 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 whole thing okay. kind of revolves around a a scandal sheet. A a 1813 version of a tabloid it's outstanding i'm telling you right now but yeah our next random ranking should be best television series of all time because like i i would love to do that that we haven't done that we will do Uh, i tell you what we will do that next week because next week we have to do we we decided to sort of continue on our job ranking series we've ranked all the jobs in the power five but you wanted to rank the worst jobs in the power five in each conference one through five which I'm I'm here for, and I think yeah. there's probably still some discussion to be had about a, a job opening in one of those jobs because it, I doubt it's going to be filled by that point because obviously yeah. there's no AD there. There's yet. a lot to so, unpack at that one. Yep. Yeah. So we'll do that, and our random ranking will be the the best TV series of all time. Which there's a lot of r- different directions we can go with that, but 
Before we do that, we have to give people our final four that is guaranteed to be wrong. Just like everybody else on TV's final four that is also guaranteed to be wrong. The difference is we've watched far less college basketball than those people, but we will be equally wrong. I just want to say before we do this, I cannot wait for the Ohio State-Florida matchup in round two. <laughs> I, it, I, it's not going to be as fun as uh, as when the, the O4s from Florida played against Mike Connolly and Greg Oden. Sorry. Is the O4 or the uh are, or the Florida teams the Florida team that won the national championship in 06 was the best basketball team of all time, right? No. They they weren't the best of all time. They they might have been one of the they might have had some of the best team chemistry of any team. Yeah, that's meaning ever just together. like maybe not the best players, but the best collection of players and chemistry yeah, that, that, because that they all came right back. because if you yeah. look at their if you look at their nba careers now joe kim noah had a really good long career Corey brewer actually had a really long career and al horford probably wound up being the best of the bunch in the nba but none of those guys were particularly big recruits Corey brewer was the the highest ranked recruit of the bunch but al horford and joe kim noah and torian green were not really considered huge recruits when when Florida signed them. So I, they just... Wouldn't you think I that just, Al Horford had the best NBA career out of all of them? I would think so, yeah. Yeah, and and, and Joe Kim's had a pretty good one, too. But I, I saw remember, Joe Kim in, in Laguna Beach a few weeks ago. Just saw him. Oh, I bet he, he was I having he was ice cream. He seemed to be having, having a good, good life. Time. He's always <laughs> having a good time. That, that, that's a, one of my favorite... Just That man knows how to have fun. One of the best stories of, of my journalism career is uh, when... Miss Sweden called me to go have a beer with her. And what I mean by that is Joe Kim Noah's mom called me to pick up a picture of her and Joe Kim that was going to run my story in the newspaper the next day. And she's like, stay and have a beer. And so I called my wife. I'm like, hey, having a beer with Miss Sweden. How are things going with you? <laughs> Man, you, your, your journalism career is going to be a book one day, and I can't wait to read it. Uh, it's uh, Cecilia Rohde, professional sculptor. But also Miss Sweden, nineteen seventy eight. Joe wow. Kim Noah is a fascinating guy. I didn't he's know a, that. Yeah, really fascinating guy. He and he's just he was so much fun and so interesting. And you know, during that time, and I realize we are getting way off track, but that's okay. During that time on Florida's campus, you had a young Tim Tebow. He was a freshman. You know, so Florida wins the national title in basketball in 06. and then those guys decide to come back for the next season. Tebow's a freshman in the fall of 06. That Florida team wins the uh, that Florida football team wins the national title, also beating Ohio State, and then the basketball team goes on another run. But I believe there was one class where Joe Kim and Tim had a class together, which I can't even imagine. Like that must have been the biggest freak show of all time because at the time, early in that semester, Joe Kim was the biggest thing going. But as things kept rolling, Tim's even even though Tim wasn't starting for the football team, once he makes that first down on on the fourth down against Tennessee to to keep them alive and, and help them win the game, he was a legend at that point. I remember going into Best Buy in Gainesville with my wife in December of 06. And as we're leaving, I see Tim Tebow and, and one of his older brothers walking the other direction down the same aisle. And I, I tap my wife on the shoulder. I'm like, Hey, that's Tim Tebow right there. And she's like, Oh, that's cool. And then I find out <laughs> from, from uh, Megan Mullen, uh, Dan Mullen's wife, uh, several weeks later that apparently they had to call the cops to get Tim out of the store. He got mobbed so badly at that point. So I mean, that that's, 
you, you've got two just mega stars because Joe Kim at that point, he would have been the number one pick in the 2006 NBA draft, but he came back to school. So you got that guy and then Tim Tebow, who's a complete folk hero on Florida's campus all at once. So it was a pretty interesting time. But is there yes. any program or athletics program in the history of mankind that has had more interesting characters on campus in basketball and football simultaneously than Florida during the mid 2000s? No, I, I don't think so. I mean, the Ohio State had really good players. You know, you, you, they had Mike. No, I'm talking characters. No, yeah, exactly. Because like Troy Smith, Greg Oden, and, and Mike Conley all being on campus at the same time, pretty amazing. You know, Ted Ginn Jr. was on that football team. Yeah. But they're just not as interesting. I'm, I just like think Percy Harvin, Tim Tebow, and Joe Kim Noah Brandon all at the same Spikes. time. It's just well, like... But, and and yeah. the thing, you got to remember those... The Pouncy the, the, Twins. Yeah. Uh, they were not there yet. They, they, they weren't they there came, yet? Oh, they okay. came the following, the following fall, but... Uh, the, yeah, I mean, you got to understand how fun that basketball group was because Al was very buttoned up, but he had a great sense of humor. Uh, they, they had a six man named Chris Richard who was absolutely hilarious. Their, their, their two guard was this guy named Lee Humphrey who's from Maryville, Tennessee and had the accent to prove it. And like, he's the one that would drag them to Cracker Barrel. <laughs> Just imagine all these dudes sitting around at Cracker Barrel. Cause who, Lee, that's where who needs Lee to be dragged to, to Cracker Barrel? Well, I mean, these guys, you know, Joe grew up in New York City. Al grew up in the Dominican Republic and then Philly. So these were not people. Now, Corey Brewer was all all in on Cracker Barrel. He was he was from uh, he was from Tennessee, somewhat near Nashville, but still fairly rural rural area. So he he was there. But it was it was an interesting bunch. I mean, it just they they were so much fun and they loved each other. They loved playing together. And so hopefully we will see that from a basketball team this year because yeah. that's what makes these things fun. So all right, before we go, we got to have a final four from from you and from me, guaranteed to be wrong. Okay, do you want me to go first? Yeah, you can go first. Oklahoma. All right. Alabama. Clemson <laughs> and Ohio State. <laughs> You're doing it. <laughs> Wrong final four, wrong sport. I realize it's possible, but wrong sport. You said guaranteed to be wrong. You are guaranteed to be. What, the, the thing is, though, if what if you're right? What if the the first it's Sunday just in December next, athletics and just start. Yeah, first Sunday in no 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 not not this. What if you're wrong about the basketball, but you're right about football? I'm going to be right about football. I guarantee you, Ohio State, Clemson, and Alabama are going to be there. I don't know who the fourth one will be. Maybe Oregon. Good feeling about Oregon. I got a good feeling about LSU. Texas A&M could be pretty good this year. Come on. Yeah, A&M might little, be really good little, this year. I have a little faith. Yeah. All right. I know, but those teams also have to play Bama. Well, I'm at least going to get one team right, I think. I think, maybe. I don't know. I'm going to go Gonzaga. Florida State. Leonard makes it this time with his... 11 supreme athletes that he, he changes out every two minutes. I also watched that game last night. And they turned the ball over like 27 times. Oh, no, no. I mean, they, they are, they can okay. either, 27 they can times. either, they can either beat a great team by 25 points or lose to a bad team by 25 points. They, if there a is, team is capable of turning the ball over roughly 30 times in 40 minutes, they are not going to the final four. They're, their variability is so high. Their ceiling is so high and their floor is so low, but I'm going to say Florida okay, State. Okay, go high ceiling. I'm going to say Florida State makes it. Illinois out of the Midwest. 
Do I pick Baylor to make it? No, I think I'm going to go with another. I think I'm going to go with another surprise here. Give me the Razorbacks. Give me the Razorbacks coming out of the South. Okay, do you want me to actually try to give you a good one and not make a college football joke? Uh, I thought your college football joke was very good. I thought you probably okay, should leave I'll it just, at that. I'll, okay, I'll <laughs> leave it at that then. All right. <laughs> Ari Wasserman, it has been a pleasure talking about a sport that neither of us knows a whole lot about. But let's be honest, dear listener, I know some of you are reading Brian Hamilton and, and Dana O'Neill religiously, but I know a lot of you aren't. I know a lot of you are reading me and Ari about college football. You're reading Ari's recruiting stuff. You're reading me getting mad at Nebraska for trying to, to bail on Oklahoma. You're not paying as much attention to college basketball as you are going to act like you are this morning. So hopefully we have helped you realize that as long as you, as you say it confidently, most of your coworkers will believe. It. Thank you for listening.